2: Hey, everybody, it's me, your Willy Wizard, Jake. And it's your bristling bruiser, Holden McNeely. And we are so excited to announce Page 7 and Wizard and the Bruiser live in Los Angeles, California. Wednesday, December 11th, 2019 at the Regent Theater. Tickets are only $22. And where can they get them, Jake? Type in your little web bar, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com slash p7live. That's lastpodcastnetwork.com slash p 7 P7 Live, we'll see
3: you there, folks. Or else I'll cry. Yeah, he'll cry. Slow songs ain't for skinny hoes. Can't move all this here to one of those. I'm a thick bitch. I need tempo. Ugh, bump it up to the tempo. Man, have I? I've never heard a song (laughs) that I was just like, yeah, I'm feeling myself. Like, I can't listen to Lizzo without grabbing on myself. Welcome to Page Seven's Pop History. We are talking Lizzo today. My name is Jackie Zabrowski, and I <laughs> stan Lizzo. That's what the kids say.
2: I am Holden McNeely. I remember the day that you turned me on to Lizzo and uh, how unbelievable, of a, how, how much of a ride it's been since Good As Hell on Coconut Oil up to this massive hit album, up to this all of her ju- just huge popularity that is just going on right now I never when you first introduced me I never would have thought she would have become just this all powerful pop star that she is now and Natalie
0: I am Natalie and uh Jackie tried to get me to listen to Lizzo for about two years before (laughs) I actually did and not because I was against her I was just always like all right, cool, that sounds nice. And then I would forget immediately because Jackie was pushing, like, you got to check out this girl's Instagram. She's fucking awesome. She plays the flute and she twerks. And I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. And then my mind would just drift off into some (laughs) other stupid thing that was probably not as cool as Lizzo.
3: (laughs) I'm just glad that I feel like I've got, even Henry listens to Lizzo. Everyone I know listens to Lizzo, whether Lizzo is their kind of thing or not. There's something about her that is so truly mesmerizing that you just you can't look away her social media presence her backup dancers the way just like the way that she creates her vision in her music videos and on stage it, she's un unru- she's she's remarkable
2: yeah you remind me of actually when she first like you first got me into her and then there was like some yahoo live stream of one of her concerts and my jaw hit the table while i was watching it i was just like this she is like yes the back the plus size backup dancers f- killing which are it. referred
3: to as the big girls the big
2: girls killing it the slamming of the tequila bottle and then that wasn't like the height yeah, i mean God. still is the height of our Japanese tequila slams i mean i just i was just like i this girl gets it but she girl, gets I mean, it I mean, full ass, grown ass woman is what I mean by girl. Yeah, uh, it's so, it's like you've got the live show, you've got the flute, you've got, and then you, and then last night I like, I was almost like fucking got emotional watching her Tiny Desk concert again, which is just unbelievable. Oh my God,
3: Natalie, have you watched the Tiny Desk concert? No.
2: Holy oh, shit, Oh, it dude. is just,
3: it is bare bones and it is beautiful. She
2: goes hard in the paint for this for this tiny desk. She definitely went in there being like I'm going to do the best one and she kind of does the best tiny desk concert I've ever seen.
3: I also I think another part that that is a big reason of why I have fallen in love with Lizzo over the years is the fact that she's very open about struggling with her mental illness. And that is just something that if you guys have listened to Sex and Other Human Activities, I have talked about it for a very long time of presenting yourself as a confident, strong, big woman, but also recognizing the fact that the reason why I am so confident and why I can put so much out there is because I'm a manic depressive and I've got highs and lows. And there are just some days where it's like, oh, you haven't posted on social media for a long time. It's because I don't want anyone to look at me. I don't want anyone to look at my pictures. I don't feel good. I don't like myself. And that is something that Lizzo goes above and beyond in. She's trying to break the mold of we can talk about these things now. Right. You can be both a very confident person and also just have very dark days, weeks and hours and also say
0: bitch I'm crazy. Yes. <laughs> and and own it. And absolutely own it.
2: I couldn't say it better myself.
0: You got to half of uh, the struggle of mental illness is the stigma and being ashamed of it. So if you can just embrace whatever fucked up things in your head because pretty much we all are and I don't actually trust anybody who's not a little bit crazy uh, <laughs> that are just
3: like no I've never you know I've actually I've been in partnerships with people they're like I just don't when you talk about mental illness I don't understand and it's like I think that that's also a part of it too. That if you've just never—not that there's anything wrong with you—if you, you are—if you don't have highs and lows and a lot I of issues, don't trust you. <laughs> well, just hell so yeah, you know. Natalie, loud and proud. Yeah. I
2: definitely think that we are in a really cool age, and one of the things I really like, you know, that people love to talk shit about millennials and yada yada yada, and how silly things have gotten, and things have definitely gotten silly. But I think with people like Lizzo and even like Billie Eilish and and the really popular like, and I think and really. Gaga really kind of paved the way for this like the weird is now acceptable and even cool or JVN yeah it, it's it, but, it also,
3: but it started back in the David Bowie era sure. as well where it's like that is when it started to blossom but it was still the minority of people now it's to a point that everyone is like we are so on our way to towards accepting especially when it comes to mental illness which even just when we were kids it wasn't accepted
0: the way it was people said still would say like i go to a therapist
2: yeah
3: and and my parents are
2: still weird about that
0: also but you know when it was stigmatized it was almost stigmatized even in the the therapy community where you would just kind of get thrown on a medication Mm. and i mean that still happens sometimes a little bit too much but not that i'm i'm on medication sure but now there's a lot more um openness about talking about specific problems you're not just deemed a crazy person and like drugged up where it's like no there's a lot of methods that you can work with and treat and lots of different
3: medications you can try as well Mm -hmm. yeah
0: medications therapies all kinds of bull you know new age bullshit like meditation Mm -hmm. and all that but um together you can not just like exist with mental illness you can thrive within it and still have your your moments and be happy anyway
3: hell yeah
2: absolutely well let's get into it um let's start from the very beginning and talk about melissa vivian jefferson (laughs)
0: Hell yeah
2: Because that's, that's uh actual name Born in Detroit, Michigan But she moved with her family to Houston, Texas At just 10 years old And Houston is really going to be her bedrock For uh, where she g- first got her, her rap rapper chops I really sound so white <laughs> saying oh, that Oh man,
3: you and are
2: the whitest When she became a rapist And um, she, uh, also, you know, singing Very inspired by gospel music growing up Which you definitely get a lot of If you listen to that Tiny Desk concert to watch it she's very amen she's very she really goes for that and i think that that's a lot, also a lot of the that pure joy in her music, I think comes from that positive aspect of gospel church music. I remember um, growing up Unitarian, there was one year where we would show up to church, we'd hop into a van, and they'd take us to a different church's service. And one of those times was my favorite time, and we went to a predominantly black church, and the feeling in the air in that space getting to see be a part of that just pure joyousness and singing and dancing was incredibly impactful to me and I think very impactful to her growing up in terms of what she would later discover as her main basic vibe which is this just pure light and positivity
3: and the hats. And Mainly the hats. Man, they got hats for days. And I just, that was, <laughs> also growing a Unitarian. that was also my favorite part, was being able to go to Baptist
0: church, right. where I'm just like, why don't we just do this? Uh, this is great. Yeah, I have I have no positive experience from any sort of church. The only times I would go, it was just, it was like the life was just being sucked out of the room, and I'm like, this is... God. <laughs> we
2: went to those services as well, Natalie, and it was very shocking to see the difference about the way that people approach uh, any sort of worship of God or anything like that. And I did definitely discover positive aspects, but I feel like which one? Which one are you describing? Which one did you go to? Me? I'm yeah. gonna guess
0: Protestant. Yeah, uh, Protestant. I, I, I couldn't fucking tell you. I only Methodist? really went to church with friends. Like my uh, my friend's father was a meh, reverend. Okay. Um. And he uh, was a piece, he was a monster.
2: Yeah. He that's did all good. kinds of
0: terrible things. So I got, you know, I got that.
2: A bad stigma. And and honestly, I remember distinctly one church service. I feel like I'm not making this up where literally people just got up and would just start crying and like talking about how sad their lives are. And it was like, I, I it just couldn't have been polar opposite. From, I mean, I
0: do
3: that
2: in just my everyday life. You <laughs> yeah. know, I don't exactly. need a <laughs> yeah, I like I do chapel
0: for that. It was just like
2: a hangout with Jackie. Um. So going back, going back to Lizzo, uh, she started out as a teenager, uh, pr- predominantly rapping and formed a group called the Cornrow Click with friends of hers.
3: This is also around the same time too that she was. So when she first started freestyle rapping, she would call into local Houston radio stations mm-hmm. because apparently they had a lot of freestyle competitions that were through the radio stations. So she would just call in and just like compete over the phone. That's awesome o- on the radio just to, like, show off her abilities and really hone what she was doing. And by the way, we're talking, like,
2: 14 years old. We're Insane. talking super-duper young. She actually got her name. I was super curious about this. It's um So her name's Melissa, so it's, like, Lissa, but with a twist uh, on that inspired by Jay-Z's very well-known track, Izzo Hova. So it's to the Izzo. Yeah, yeah. She yeah, got... Yeah. Yeah, and that's where she got Lizzo. She said growing up in Houston, freestyle rapping was very first nature to me. That was what I wanted to do. That's what you had to do as a rite of passage. It was very nerdy. And the fact that I knew how to freestyle on a bus or freestyle in the cafeteria and bang on the desk just gave me a little get out of being a nerd free pass. Houston, that's the city that freestyle really found its swag. And I'm just lucky that I was a part of that while it was happening. And also a classically trained flute player. I think it's just weird to everybody else, but it's not weird to me
0: so her parents were not uh like stage parents they weren't kind of pushing her towards this no i think that she It seemed that she was very
3: close to her father but it had nothing to do they never they they, i think that they supported what she was doing but they never pushed her into doing any of Hmm. it she created all
0: of her own paths did she find her way to flute by herself
2: Yes. I think so. And this is the fun. I was about to say this too. She um, really thought she was going to be like a a professional flautist in an orchestra. She said, I saw a life of concert black and Boston pops and traveling the world. When that didn't pan out for me, I was very depressed. So she ended up going to University of Houston with a focus on flute. And um, uh, she calls her flute, Sasha Flute, which is a spin on Beyonce's (laughs) Sasha Fierce alter ego. I love it. I love
3: it. <laughs> and it is insane, though. I will say, in the same way that I, I always kind of half wondered what my life would be like if Henry and I had learned how to play the accordion the way my parents play the accordion, because she makes the flute
0: sexy as fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah, and badass. Dude. I That was actually what I wanted to play in elementary. Did you guys, when you were younger, did your schools make you learn an instrument?
2: Yes, I did trumpet.
0: I wanted to play flute because all the pretty girls got to play flute, and but when I got in there,
2: I they asked gave you to like play a the
0: trombone. And she was like, <laughs> the lady was like, "You're more of a clarinet girl." Oh and no! But so I, <laughs> I mean, it's cool now. But as a, a little girl, I was like, "Oh man, I'm a dump." That's oh, no, so No, you're not a dump. I was.
2: I feel like the flute was just <laughs> watching cool. people struggle to make a single noise come out of it. So I was always like, I'm not fucking with that one. That seems like so difficult and, and tricky to even just make a sound with it. But yeah, she she uh, was, you know, she her ability, and Molly really talked about this in page seven. But if you, again, uh, not to harp too much on the Tiny Desk concert, Molly talked about watching that and being so impressed. And I am shocked and impressed every time she does it. She will be singing her fucking guts out and then she will without even taking a beat lift that flute up and just pop right into a flute solo and that kind of breath control is fucking crazy
0: that's some diaphragm right there it is she got big old diaphragm (laughs) big old big old die die
2: speaking of crazy and horrible and tragic her father dies at the age of 20. And she ends up living out of a car that year Aww. while trying to break into the music industry. She called this, it was the worst year of my life. I was emotional. I was lonely. I was grieving. Music was all I could do to just focus on picking up the fucking pieces.
0: Mm-hmm. Aww. Just
2: absolutely brutal. I mean, if you can imagine, uh, it just sounded just so... And, and by the way, I mean, we're talking about... And I think people should need to hear this more often because I know it took me a decade or so to even get to where I am now. Um, This is years of struggle before Mm -hmm. everything happened within like two years for her, kind of, like when she exploded.
3: Especially the past two years.
0: Yeah, the past two years.
3: But she has been working so
0: hard her entire life. Right On the the surface, it, it can seem like she just blew on the, on the wind and just was just appeared, like, i yeah. here. But of course that's not the case. <laughs> no, it no. It takes it takes your entire life
2: pretty and much. people people need to like hear that more often because of course you always hear about the story of like the 18 year old kid you know whatever but I feel like there's so many more of these especially now because I do feel like people um, are more career focused for longer than uh, generations past and you know sometimes it just takes time and trying all of it so what she does is she moves to Minneapolis at the age of 23 and she starts just performing around town with indie groups and by the way Minneapolis that and we're going to talk about Prince in a little bit, but Minneapolis, really cool music town that people don't necessarily think of first when they think of music towns.
3: And that's actually why she moved there, is because mm-hmm. as uh, she started to work with producer Johnny Lewis, who's from Minneapolis, mm-hmm. aka Larva Inc., because Larva Inc. let her crash at his parents' place. And a wow. quote from hers is, I knew literally nobody, and I knew of nobody in Minneapolis, she says. But I went to South By right before I moved, and every person I met was from Minneapolis. Every." was from Minneapolis and I was like what the hell there's something going on up there so she just moved up there and that's awesome. tried it out isn't that insane
2: that's so cool Love Yeah, it. she she was in a electro soul pop duo called Lizzo and the Larva Inc like you just mentioned um, she also co-formed a three female rap R&B group called The Chalice at this time which uh, is where she released uh, her first album that she was on it's called We're The Chalice and it did really well locally I looked it up you can see music videos of Chalice it's a little bit more It's a little harder Rougher It's uh, angrier Yeah it's angrier Is what I, I was I think that say. is
3: what The interesting part Of doing all of this research Has been Is watching her Transform From being an Angry artist Into being Light and positive And fun Not that what she What her What she is saying Is light mm-hmm. But I mean in, in tone o- Overall that I feel like She really learned How to change her sound To be able to make it more accessible to everyone, Mm -hmm. which is something you have to learn as you grow up. Is like, how do I change what I love what I'm doing into something that people really wanna listen to? And that's a hard thing to do as an
0: artist because you wanna do exactly what you wanna do. Right, and if you're a monster like any of us, (laughs) You have to go, oh, no, most people are afraid of me. And yes. You have to figure out how to change. And you change. Yeah.
2: And you change. And, and yeah, and, of course, she's fucking angry. Living out of her car with the father dying so young. And, I mean, I remember, too, even I ha- I've i had a very fucking lucky uh, ride, I think, thus far in my life, knock on wood. But even I, like, in my earlier 20s. Everything, everything was angry and rage-filled, like the Murderfist sketch comedy stuff. You know what I mean? And I remember getting to a point with Murderfist where I was like, you know, I'm getting kind of a little tired of just being so mad in my work. You know what I mean? Just because I just got, decided that was my aesthetic. In right. And 21 years old. You know what I mean? And I think you see her do this, uh, make this transition. Also, by the way, um, it was – back in the day everything was angry hip hop was angrier Uh, rock was angrier you know what I mean and sometimes you also have to make adjustments to match the trends of what's going on and not just stay stuck in one lane so that's where we get to Lizzo Bangers her first solo debut which is released on a label called Totally Gross National Product on October 15th 2013 this is an indie record label it's based in Minneapolis founded by Ryan Olson and Drew Christopherson Ryan Olson produced The record along with Laserbeak Which is the stage name For a guy named Aaron Mater, Who produces tons Of hip hop in Minneapolis And is the founder Of the indie hip hop Collective Doomtree So again she's do you
3: know How she met Laserbeak How she got to be able To work with him Is that she tweeted At him she tweeted at him in. A, she it was just like a night in 2012. She tweeted at him that she really wanted to work with Laserbeak, who is the Minneapolis producer, and he responded and he said he'd accept some Mike's Hard Lemonade as payment instead of <laughs> cash. So that night after she had had a show. She had been drinking, and she she uh, Olson sent a car. Ryan Olson sent a car over for her to pick her up and bring her to this crazy loft apartment downtown. And she said there were all these people there drinking, and we freestyled in the kitchen back and forth all night. She gushed in an interview with Interview Magazine. From then on, I guess he wanted to work with me, and Twitter made it happen. So thanks, Twitter. So cool.
0: because it is, it's all in what you put into it, which is nuts. Sometimes it is. Uh, you're fighting and pushing and working your ass off for you know six months and nothing's happening and then you do the dumbest little thing Mm -hmm, or you mm -hmm. run into like this the person that you had no fucking clue you need to talk to and suddenly it's just like oh you just get pushed through this glass ceiling that you had no idea to get through Sometimes by just being sassy online. And just asking.
2: You know, I had somebody hit me up the other day on email, hilariously enough, asking how they could get a writing agent, which I responded, uh, I'd love for you to tell me if you ever find out because I don't have <laughs> one. But what I could tell him was, hey, I've, but I can say, you know, I've figured out how to at least get to the point where I can monetize doing stuff that I love for a living. And um, one of the most important items of feedback for him that I think people really need to keep in the front of their head. It's not your manager, it's not your agent. Those aren't the people those are the people who once you're already making moves, they can like help expand that mm-hmm. growth for you. But it's about the collaborators and the colleagues and the mm-hmm. people that you meet that you just say, God damn it, I want to work with you so bad. I was uh, you know, I remember the moment I saw Henry perform at uh at FSU and I literally just said to myself, that's the fucking guy I want to work with. And I attacked him after the show and made it so. And if you see somebody that you find talented, uh, you you got You got to <laughs> attack them. You got to hit them up. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? They just say, "I don't really want to work with you." But I mean, it's so important to, as opposed to, because you also see people in this business who try to sabotage other people who they think are
0: better than them, and that's the wrong way to go. Obviously, though, you know, you do it in a in a way that's. Not, an intelligent way. You don't want to yes. just start showing up at people's front doors. <laughs> no, when, don't like, do that. Going, no, no, no. But <laughs> I that's want what, in there. <laughs> get me in. That's what social media is for.
3: That's a, like one of the great parts of where I think that we look at social media and with all of the downsides of it, but we forget about the positive sides where it's like, no, you can just DM someone. You don't know if they're going to respond. Like I forget the DMs exist on Instagram, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like that's it, but you have to just try it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. So notable tracks Definitely check
2: these out You can find music videos Of these Unfortunately Spotify And I think it's because Of her newer label Was essentially trying To like launch Act as if like Her last album Was her debut album So right. they removed I believe Lizzo Bangers From Spotify Which yes. is unfortunate But you can find Music videos For these songs And it's really good stuff I I, I really enjoyed it Batches and Cookies The video for that By the way Very um, gay pride Very It was like done At like a, a Pride Pro protest or something like that and and which is really cool to see especially back then when this was a bit i would think even more risky to 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 have you know to have Mm -hmm. that be the content of your video you know i mean especially as like a rap artist i just thought that was so fucking cool and then faded and then bus passes and happy meals (laughs) and Uh. paris all four of those got music videos so check them out and they're really cool and you can see you can hear the evolution so check out chalice check out music videos for Chalice, then check out Lizzo bangers. And you see this halfway point between where she's about to get and where she's coming from. And you, it just is so exciting to watch. Uh, and this is when things start to initially happen for her. She goes on tour for singer songwriter, Harmar superstar, and also sang in his band on that tour. This is 2013 time. This is crazy. Time magazine names her one of 14 music artists to watch in 2014. And then the album gets re-released through Virgin Records and she ends up doing this project called uh, What's Underneath by Style Like You. And this is a project that I think was a big turning point for her career. Uh, it's described as authentic individuals of ages, races, body types, and genders remove layers of clothing while sharing empowering stories about life, self-image, and identity. Uh, and this is the experience that inspired her to write My Skin, which she calls her thesis statement on her next album, which would Such become... Such a
3: good song! It's
2: it's great, and I think it was one of those... It was really, like, touching and sad, and but I think they asked her what she loves about her body in the interview, and she didn't have an answer. And it got her thinking a lot about how she saw herself. And, and her how she th-
3: feels about it, especially when asked about your body, it's really difficult. Any of us can name 20 things we don't like about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that is what's wrong with our society, that you ask for one thing that you like about yourself. And if asked point blank, I would know what to say.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd mm-hmm.
3: say mind your business. Mind your own business, <laughs> I'd say none, yeah i
2: my fucking arms
3: <laughs> Good for you Thank you I wouldn't say my arms My arms are flabby
0: <laughs> we, Women get flaps Yeah we got, we got flaps. flaps I know it's negative
2: In a Vice interview she said You can wake up and change many things about your appearance But the inevitability of waking up in your skin Is what unifies us So next, she gets to do what she called surreal, almost like a fairy tale, something I will never actually get over.
3: She got to record with Prince. Isn't that good? I had no idea. (laughs) I I didn't either. I had no idea that she was recorded. She had recorded with Prince. And can you imagine what kind of dream come true (sighs) that
0: is? What What did she record with Prince?
2: So it was with her group Chalice. She got to do a track for Prince on uh, and his backing band Third Eye Girls album, which is called Plectrum Electrum, and this is in late 2014.
3: It was for the song "Boy Trouble." Mm-hmm. And so okay. you,
2: so you've got the the my skin situation with that project with Style Like You, and then also you've got the Prince situation. And she said that Prince near the end of his life. He was very intent on creating positive music and good vibes. And Lizzo said, I want that to be my mantra. And this is when we get Lizzo. And
3: And she also said the biggest thing she learned from working with Prince was to stay true to your art. This is how you become an artist. You can be a musician, you can be a singer, you can play the drums, but when you're true to your art and the things that you create and you're true to yourself, that's when you become an artist. Mm -hmm. When you do it unapologetically, keep it authentically you, which, if that's not exactly what Lizzo portrays it's insane down to the fact of how we started this episode today of talking about also how she feels on the inside and what she struggles with as well which is something that a lot of people try to hide from from their persona but that is it's not her persona it's who she is
2: oh yeah and we'll get to that cover uh when we get to that album but first of all Uh, We've got to talk first about Big Girl, Small World. That was her second album, released in December 2015, and it was recorded in Justin Vernon, a.k.a. Bonnie Vare's studio, which is so fucking cool, in Fall Creek, Wisconsin. It's called April Bass Studios. She had 25 demos that did not even appear on the album. Twenty-five. 25. Which consists of 12 tracks. Yeah, fucking crazy. Also fucking crazy and jealous that I didn't get to see this tour. She opened for Slater-Kinney's comeback
0: tour. What? That's cool. is that
2: insane? It would have been incredible. And that is where she got the chops that you see in her live shows today. She said, it taught me how to be a crowd pleaser. I think it really helped her to perform in front of like a non-hip-hop R&B based Per se audience Just say white Holden White as fuck White as fuck <laughs> audience You know Just a bunch of White lesbians And that really <laughs> helped really- her <laughs> <laughs> that really helps her, though. Get figure out how to like work any crowd, and and really be all about just making everyone so happy. Um, in her live show, which her live show again, watch that MTV performance. Look up anything you can for Lizzo's live shows. It's an inspiration. She, her energy is unbelievable. I could only attempt to match it. it it's just such a special thing to see.
3: And the fact that she keeps up that energy throughout the entire show mm. if there, there's one specific one if you look up an atlanta concert of lizzo's that it is just two hours of i, I don't know how i don't know how she does it mm. i don't know how she just keeps dancing keep singing
0: keep playing the flute and just like losing her mind and just i i couldn't wearing, look away oh man and wearing those costumes with the tight ass corsets uh. like how do you do that? I'm just tired looking at her. If I put one of those things on, I'm like, I'll take a couple photos and then I get this thing off and <laughs> of I'm good.
2: I love we have your insight for the dancer side because that's definitely something Jackie and I uh, don't know a lot about. Don't know about
0: <laughs> she? She is truly like athletic mm-hmm.
2: on stage. Yeah. It's crazy uh, and her dancers too. Um, oh, they're
0: amazing. They're they're fucking fantastic. So yeah, so
2: good. Uh, so let's get into the actual breakthrough. So again, by the way two out full albums have already come out all this attention time magazine blah 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 blah. but it's really not until we get to this section 2016 that she actually starts to pick up like real steam as like a household name
3: because this is when she moves from minneapolis to los angeles after signing with atlantic yes so she really does credit a lot of her developing her own, her vocal range to Ricky Reed, who mm-hmm. is the producer that she works with in LA that really helped her find the vibe that she was really looking for. I really like that she, she has a lot of interviews talking about how she changed from what she was in Minneapolis. Then she said, in LA, it's more of a collaboration of the mind. At the end of the day, you don't hear every person that was involved. You just hear the artist. But in Minneapolis, you can hear every single artist involved when you collaborate. L.A. added polish. When you get to L.A. and you're in these songwriter rooms, they overthink a lot of the lyrics. I did that for a few hmm. years when I moved here. There's a lot of thought process that went into that music. And I tried it out, and it just wasn't for me. I'm not an overthinker. I'm off the cuff. So this is at that time when she's starting to realize what worked for her and what didn't. And this is in creating good as in coconut oil
2: yes the ep coconut oil uh by the way also ricky reed he co-produced and co-wrote on hits like pitbull's fireball,
0: fireball. <laughs> you know what i like pitbull i actually
2: like that song
0: <laughs> <laughs> i like that pitbull
2: <laughs> right i like that pitbull a little bit Several tracks from Halsey, Keisha, and Maggie Rogers, who we're also big uh, fans of, who's been on the rise lately. And that's just to name just a few. And, of course, he is credited on Good As Hell. Uh, It was originally planned to be a full-length release. She got way too excited, though, I think, about the few songs that she'd recorded and just said, fuck it, let's make an EP. Uh, The name of the EP came from her previous work, being about how, quote, There's self-exploration, there's self-love, and there's self-realization. And that coconut oil is the ultimate ode to self-care and to my process. I'm not there yet, but I'm creating my music so I can get there. She uh, was very inspired uh, for coconut oil um, by essentially wanting to make music uh, for her black audience more specifically, not that any anybody can't enjoy it. She said, a lot of my fans are backpackers and white kids, but as much as I love that, when I got to tour with SZA, I saw black women in the audience, and the way they connected with my music was different than I had experienced. Yeah. I wanted to do a song that celebrated that and also celebrated myself. Aww. And the track also has, uh, you can hear it in the beginning. It's, like it's kind of hard to make out fully. It features a speech from her grandmother's funeral. Delivered by her cousin about the generations of strong women in her family, which quote sums up the whole reason I'm doing this, which I think is so beautiful. Aww. It's
3: it is a beautiful song. It's I I love I love coconut Oh oil. yeah,
2: it's a I song. love everything about I it. I didn't
0: realize that was what was in the.
2: Right, That's it's cool. you, yeah. It's like not super, you know. You, you can just hear a, a woman giving a speech. I think yeah. it's made to not necessarily be super clear, but it's just so beautiful that that is in there. For the song "Phone," she went into the studio with Jesse Shatkin, who did Sia's "Chandelier," and Evan Bogart, who did Beyonce's "Halo." And after some time of writer's block, she was inspired by a memory of losing her phone at a bar in Minneapolis, which led to a bar fight. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> phone is a She's great just- track too. That is a fucking (laughs) big. I love that song. So she's starting to do some cool stuff. She got to appear as a guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. And in early 2018, she toured with Haim as well as Florence and the Machine. So she's really... Yeah, big names.
3: She was also a host of a short-lived music show called Wonderland on MTV. Mm -hmm. So what I like is that she just kind of tried different things. I'm just like, sure, I'll try it. Why Mm -hmm. not? You want me to try doing this? I'll try doing this.
2: (laughs) And uh, before we get into Because I Love You uh, and how fucking amazing that album and everything about it is and her absolute takeover of the pop scene, I want to take a quick moment to mention where she gets a lot of her style from. Because, of course, these pop people, they have teams and they have collaborators that help them with every aspect of their look and their sound and everything. And so that is greatly attributed to a woman named Quinn Wilson, which is her creative director on music videos, as well as her style guru. She's heavily influenced by Diana Ross, and I think that... Absolutely makes sense. Oh yeah, yes. that shows. Liz said this about Diana Ross. She was the epitome of really glam and natural, but also really clean and not overdone. We're going for Afrocentric retro, which I love that phrase, Afrocentric mm-hmm. retro. I also discovered a well of curvy bloggers and finding a community like that is inspirational. I was used to seeing girls in size zero. Seeing women like Ashley Graham has been really exciting and to see high fashion on a body that looks like me. Which I think is super rad.
3: Well, I, that's why I think of, I, another reason why I love Lizzo so much. She's so big into self love, and mm-hmm. that that it's not about just like spending money on yourself, or you know, or treat yourself. It's about learning how to love yourself mm-hmm. when you're told by the media that you're not lovable. That she mm-hmm. said. I was told I wasn't lovable by the media, by people at school, by not seeing myself in beauty ads, by not seeing myself in television, by lack of representation. My self-hatred got so bad that I was fantasizing about being other people, but you can't live your life trying to be somebody else. What's the point?" And that's why I love that she really is, she's way into more of self-care rather than self-indulgence. Yeah. And that's something that she, that's part of her platform. And she also shows it with her style. Mm-hmm. And totally but
0: uh i also advocate for a little self-indulgence yeah baby put a chip on it oh yeah <laughs> give me that dip <laughs> and i mean
2: at least and she is I, I do like that she's still slamming that tequila in the show so to, yeah. to say hey i also like to fucking party um, have
3: a great i just want to party with her oh i when God. can we party with her when is that part of our lives do it um by the way,
2: going back to Quinn Wilson really quick, I think it's really cool that they uh, they met each other when uh, they were when Lizzo was 17 in Minneapolis uh, as her makeup artist, which turned into a creative director over nine years, heading a tight team of artists. They, she also creative directs her tours. She says everything we create together for the tour, from the from tour lighting to costumes to production design, is in service of letting Lizzo's personality shine through in whatever we're making. She's very inspired by the architecture of Ricardo Beaufel, uh in terms of set. Design design and if you look up his like google image search his stuff it's very cool looking it's very like maze like and blocky and it makes a lot of sense having seen steel stills from her stage show
3: see this is the thing i feel like with everything that i want with my career it's like i haven't fleshed out enough <laughs> i'm older than lizzo and i have no idea i don't know what i want i don't know yeah. where i'm going
2: you need a creative director i
0: i, I think i are she's trying to tell me i should be my own creative director i should do what <laughs> i want to do yeah for sure and we touched on this a little earlier. but we talked about like in a more traditional entertainment industry people were sort of quote-unquote discovered when they were very young and now you know the social media platforms have allowed us as people to um, decide a little bit more about who we like and who's talented and not being about who's the most easily manipulated at a young Mm -hmm. age to be whatever they're going to be so it you don't have to the, the the media and the industry has really put this idea on that like you have to be this like super young person mm-hmm. to make it and if you don't then you need to quit. But if you really want to do what you're doing, you have to keep going and it doesn't matter. You can hit whenever and you're still fucking valid. Yeah. And good and sometimes better Yeah that's one of my favorites There's this quote that she's like when
3: creatives Are like uh, they're working in like these big Departments are like well you clearly have A vision she says yeah bitch I have a vision I've been visualizing And making that vision manifest for Years mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, you know I, aren't you guys so glad Sexy
2: babies no longer The like MTV f- Everything <laughs>
0: Yeah oh because I, uh, oh. it, it, it was, was Being molded by like 55 year old yes. music execs are like this is fine right this this little girl who's uh, asking to get fucked yeah make a skirt shorter. I want to
3: slurp on it get me a cigar <laughs> I love
2: Britney Spears and I can't wait to do an episode oh, on her yeah, but yeah totally.
0: hit me baby and you're just like is this okay what's that yeah. about- even, <laughs> even, even I was young then and yeah. just being like I'm uncomfortable. I <laughs> was
3: yes, I was this like similar. I was the same age because you know she was under the age of eighteen. Ugh. Lizzo was a full-grown woman yeah. that is just <laughs> and and especially that it is a positive message of your own strength as a human being of just like owning yourself and what you are as opposed to just like as well as someone that, you know, as my entire life I've been a bigger woman and that I feel like I've used sex for a long time of like I can still get it to show my power Mm -hmm. and that's not what Lizzo's doing here and it's great to have an inspiration that's not just like big girls can fuck too which is what I feel like I've always tried to live my (laughs) best to live by but like that's not... We but get it, Jackie. You it can also
2: be. fuck. You've proven to the world fuck. you can also fuck. You can
0: fuck. I fuck.
2: So Coconut Oil released in 2016. Three years of work happens between that album coming out and the, the reason for this season, I feel like, here, the album, Cuz I Love You. Lizzo said, for a long time, I didn't want to be that big black girl with a soulful voice. That's how we were tokenized. The big black girls were always the belters, and I've always been afraid of being put into that box. But you know what? I am a big, fat black girl that can sing. Hell yeah, you are! And I can rap, and I can dance. Yes, I started you to can. embrace I started to embrace how good I can finally sing, and now I'm celebrating that. And this is where that... Gospel inspiration just soars, especially right out of the gate with Because I Love You. Fuck, that song just hits immediately.
3: Mm -hmm. So good. And all of the music videos are so good.
2: Mm hmm. Uh, Yeah, you've got Juice. Incredible. Juice gets stuck in my head constantly. Oh, yeah. Tempo, like you opened it up with featuring Missy Elliot Elliott is such a
0: fuck any oh, one of such these such a dream combo. It, it, I and, and the love fact Missy that like so Missy Elliott much. was always
3: one of her inspirations. And the fact that she reached out to her and then worked with her. So great. This is also coming in, in between all of these things. She is a becoming an internet like a social media sensation. Yes. So through all of this, she also got picked up when she had that video of her at BeautyCon as she's g- driving off on this little golf cart and she goes, bye bitch. <laughs> yeah. And then Kanye okay. took the bye bitch. It was used against Kanye West for <laughs> uh, getting yeah. President Donald Trump to sign his MAGA hat and that became an internet sensation. And then also in October 2018 when Lizzo posted a video caption, have you ever seen a bitch play flute then hit the shoot?" Which is when she started... Fluting on the Ugh. Instagrams, man, and then also utilizing TikTok, which is a huge reason of how because yes. I love you. Sword is because, as we all know, you know, on page seven, we're big fans of Old Town Road, but they mm-hmm. to use the I just took a DNA test, turns out ah, I'm a hundred percent that bitch, and it's utilized in TikTok, which is a great way to get the word of Lizzo out, and she spread like. Wild, and we
2: should also mention here because this is a little bit of a confusion
3: truth hurts.
2: She drops that single in 2017, and it it just slowly becomes more and more popular until two years later, they included it. it, It's this viral hit. like It's got the TikTok action going on, and they end up including it in the deluxe edition. But it's this crazy, uh, and that's actually how the album stayed in the top 10 for like extra months.
3: Is by adding the deluxe edition on? Because it was such a sleeper
2: hit that just became massive for her on an Mm -hmm. already incredible album that she, of just amazing hits all throughout it. It's just this amazing story. Uh, I love this quote. This is her talking about Uh, how why she works so well in a studio and it is important i feel like i need to at some point sit down and even learn some basic music theory even learn some basic like piano uh she said i am classically trained in music theory and music performance so i have an innate ear and actually a highly skilled ear when it comes to frequency and harmony and dissonance and melody so for me it's this thing that I can feel in my body. I'm almost like a tuning fork where if I hear the beat and I vibrate at the level that I'm supposed to, I know that's what I want to get on. And from being trained, I think it's easier for me to speak a language to producers and I can speak engineer to engineers. I think we all just have so much fun nerding out. I'm crediting, uh, credited as a producer on a couple of the songs because I was there and my DNA is in there as well. And just having been spent time in the studio, there's such a disconnect, I feel like, between if you don't speak engineer to engineers and if you don't speak mm-hmm. producer to producer. You have to try to figure out how to translate what you're looking for. And, and that can sometimes be half the battle in terms right. of finding your sound. And so uh, I, I totally believe it when she says all of this. That makes so much sense for why her album is just on another level.
0: It is, yeah, totally. It's the same if any collaborative project, be it a theater production or a film set, you have to be able to speak of those different languages or it's just not going to come together as well as it could. And she's obviously really good at it. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for Jerome to hit
3: because Jerome <laughs> yeah. is, um, I think it might be uh, even above tempo and that's saying something. This is hurtful to say, Jerome is <laughs> such a good yeah. song and the way that she belts it gives me tingles through my entire Body. And I'm just like, I know that feeling. I have had that it's feeling beautiful. for another human being before. Did you ever mm-hmm. see
0: the Instagram video that um, somebody was holding up a sign at her show that said, Pedro, take your ass home? And Lizzo <laughs> saw it while she was singing it and she, she changed it to Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> That's, great. That's I awesome. Love it.
2: She said, it's definitely the most fun and the most free record I've made. All the projects I've done before it was like, this is a good song. But with this project, I'm like, damn, I can't wait to hear that shit in the stadium.
3: What I enjoy is that Lizzo thought that uh, Juice was more of a pop forward single, but that she thought that Truth Hurts was way more of a song for her, it was mm-hmm. it had way more of her own voice in it because of her humor on the track that she feels that there wasn't enough of in some of the other songs, which is why she identifies with Truth Hurts, and that's way more her.
0: And I dig that. And she, I mean, that probably is one of the reasons so many people are drawn to her. She's really funny, like she's yeah, t- like naturally like really fucking funny. Oh,
3: her Instagram is just amazing.
2: Hate to bring up Tiny Desk again, but she totally has these, like, amazing improvised moments when she pick up, picks up the Emmy. And, like, she just has all these little f- fucking hilarious moments and even built into the songs a little bit. You yeah, know that's I mean? great. She said... I'm older, I'm wiser, I'm feeling like I'm getting actualized. I genuinely care about living a quality life, and if y'all gonna look up to that, then that's cool. I want people to be happier. I've, been how, uh, I've seen how sick the world is. I've seen how sad people can be. I've been that person, and I genuinely want to use my gifts and talents that I was blessed with to make sure that shit is even a fraction less sad than it is now.
3: And I also, I really want to shout out there is she did this interview. She Lizzo actually interviewed Janelle Monae mm. for them.us. Oh, yeah. If you look it up, Janelle Monae Living Out Loud because Lizzo performed with Janelle Monae at Coachella this year and just did like a song with her, which is one of always, it was her dreams to do because I also love Janelle Monae. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they talked about together, they talked about sexual fluidity and about how Lizzo was raised not identifying herself as anything she said it's not just what you like in that moment i've seen fluidity change with age i've seen people come out in their sexual identity in their 40s and 50s yet there's so much pressure on young people to choose an identity Mm -hmm. when you're a teenager and your hormones are jumping off it's like choose an identity choose a sexual orientation it's like how when i like everything sometimes and i like nothing sometimes i totally agree and i can't i couldn't agree more this interview is so it just like it spoke to me on so many levels of I love that Lizzo doesn't outwardly speak to yes she talks about love and yes she talks about dudes and she talks about how she feels things like that but she is not pigeonholing herself into anything Mm -hmm. she is what she is and she is Lizzo and I love that about her Mm -hmm. this interview just like I mean, it made me cry at points of just Mm -hmm. talking about like that the pressure that people feel to be something and to choose something when I don't know. Mm -hmm. I love the line when I like everything sometimes and I like nothing sometimes. Mm
2: hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, What did you guys? I mean, do you remember just seeing the album cover for the first time? Because I was just like, damn, that's a fucking. I don't even know. I don't even know if I want to say statement because I don't know if it's like, but it was just like. That's a fucking iconic album
3: cover.
0: Oh, definitely it's iconic for fucking sure. It's beautiful. Shit. I mean, yeah. it's
3: gorgeous.
0: <laughs> it's, it's gorgeous. It, even on like as a dancer, the way it's composed is is mm. really well thought out and you can see what expression is coming through that really simplistic position—it it really speaks.
2: It's an organic moment too, and I think that's why it's it's it it shines so much as it does. Uh, I love this quote from her. This is the last quote I have, and I'm done of her talking about uh, how she ended up with that album cover.
3: Yeah, I'm sorry. There's so many quotes too, but it's like she she's said, like, so she eloquent loves with her to words. Speak. She's so eloquent.
2: I almost teared up like four different times this episode. Uh, uh. So she said. We had done a lot of poses that day, and I was tooting my butt up, and then my back was hurting a little bit, so I just kind of relaxed and leaned forward, and then the photographer was just like, look at me, and I looked at him, and that was the shot. So that was just me, so comfortable, not trying to cover anything up, but you know, that's just how the magic happens.
3: Yeah, oh, I love her. So I love
2: that you said that Natalie about about the, how how much just the physicality shines and that it's because she wasn't trying.
0: Right. You and know? and she wasn't trying to force like a sexual pose. Yes. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but this just feels much more organic and like and it's mm-hmm. still so beautiful and sexy and and emotional without trying. So that, you know, it's super iconic like you said.
2: Yeah. I think I'm
3: about out of stuff.
2: Yeah, so.
0: I, I just want. I guess I just want to <laughs> thank. Uh, I want to
3: thank Lizzo. I want to <laughs> thank the fact that, like, that she is someone that is now there to be an inspiration, not only for us and for people older than us, but for young people as well. And I wish that I'd had someone like her to look up to. And I think that I may have been more comfortable in my own skin. Growing up, if I had had more people like Lizzo to look to, mm-hmm. to feel better about myself. Not that you have to put how you feel on other people, but just seeing someone that owns themselves. It was something it took me a long time and many years of therapy to get to be able to like myself, even just a little bit. And being able to see Lizzo and being open about her struggles, we need it and and young people need
0: it and we all need it mm-hmm. we all do especially especially all the fucked up adults we have right now <laughs> yeah there's a lot of fucked up adults out there i would also say <laughs> i'm just going to tell her fucking get it with all of the commercials she's getting all of them um, yeah been in, uh, soundtracks for a bunch of movies bunch
3: of movies like you know she
0: just every time you turn the tv on she's got another song on a commercial and i'm like bitch you get that money that's yes. fucking awesome and also she um i think really when i first listened to her she was on a soundtrack for a movie called a comedy called blockers that mm. it was like it was amidst a sea of mediocre comedies and it i think probably got lost a little bit it's but actually it's, pretty good it's a pretty good movie it's a really female positive but also like really raunchy and it's great and she has some songs on that and that's when i first found her and was like oh this is the chick Jackie's been talking about. <laughs> because good
3: as hell, as someone that went through a very, very bad breakup, was my anthem. I listened to that song 10 times a day. And there's just something, I mean, it just gets into it gets into you. And you're just were like, no, you know what? I do. I'm choosing to feel good today. And there are some days when, you know, you struggle with mental illness. There's some days that you feel like you can't choose to feel good as hell. And mm-hmm. some days you can't. And you gotta own it, man
2: Yeah, 100% And I'm so excited to see what the future holds for her I'm really excited to see her try to break into acting Because I do think she can do some Cool stuff. There was that whole online joke that also should have kind of been real about her playing Ursula, which she would have been, been fucking amazing.
0: But it's
3: Latifah, so that's yeah. Also, oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Works. that works too. That works great. And I, she was fun in Hustlers. I wish I had seen more of her in Hustlers. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I I wish I had seen her dance more in Hustlers, or mm. if they had utilized her flute. But you know, <laughs> you you can't you can't have it all. Put I her guess. flute in it. Yeah. I a flute in it.
2: She'll also be in the new American Pie because you know the,
3: yeah, yeah, you're never, um, you're, that was you're a terrible never. joke to end
2: on but that is the terrible joke that we will end on I think that that about wraps it up right guys if uh, you have anything else say it now
3: no I think that this mm-hmm. is great again yeah. I just want to say thank you to Lizzo and if you're not listening to Lizzo
0: please give it a check out yeah I'll
2: give it a listen Lou
0: I'm <laughs> glad we're helping promote her because she needs a lot of uh, yeah, help. She yeah, she, she really needs, needs people to
3: tell her she to listen needs her music. it. We love you guys. Thanks so much for joining us on this week's Page 7. Pop history on Lizzo. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.